0: Cancel culture is real. Cross-Politic is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Harney, and I am the Business Development Rep at Cross Politic and the Fight Laugh Feast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on Cross Politic. Give me a call at 208 792 1290, or email me at Garrison at FightLaughFeast.com.
1: Hey y'all! Welcome to Water Break with Water Boy. It's good to be with you guys on the, the new time, 5 p.m. on Thursday evening. Yes, so it's, we're going to be kind of airing it from here on out at 5 p.m. on Thursday instead of 4 p.m. So, thank you for joining us. Tune in and make sure you share the show. Uh, I have, uh, of course, uh, uh, Steve Dace. He's no no uh, no stranger to the show. It's good to have him here with us. But before I get into uh, what we're going to be getting into today, I wanted to kind of let you guys know about something that we've started here at the Fight Life Feast Network, Cross Politics, and kind of what we're we're doing. Uh, as you guys know, a lot of our friends have been canceled off. You know, MailChimp. uh Babylon B was canceled off Melchimp. Gab, uh, social media network, was canceled. I think out of five banks in the last year. Uh, I've had even friends fired from Amazon for um, their managers and they uh, wouldn't play the personal pronoun game with their. Um, with who they're managing, and so they got fired. And, and, and so we're we're seeing this. The cancel culture has really come full steam into uh, the business world. And so one of the things that we're – our way of trying to maybe help with this is we've created uh, Fight, Laugh, Feast. Go to flfnetwork.com forward slash business, flfnetwork.com forward slash business. And it's just a – right now at this point, it, we're just collecting a bunch of businesses that want to work with each other and and network with each other that aren't going to be canceled businesses. That are going to be kind of free speech, liberty-minded businesses. So go to flfnetwork.com forward slash business to uh, fill out that form. And we're kind of just right now at this point just creating kind of a business directory of all that. And we'll kind of figure out next steps of what to do there. We already have hundreds of businesses signed up and we really would love to see you guys uh, there uh, sign sign your business up on that that directory at least at this point. Okay. Remember... um, What I said a couple weeks ago, twenty twenty one, just literally told twenty twenty to hold my beer. We've uh, this, you know, even twenty twenty alone, we've seen inflation skyrocket, massive labor supply unwilling, you know, massive labor supply unwilling to go back to work because of all the federal cheddar that they're getting, and I don't think the federal subsidies end until end of September. Uh, Expensive supply chain recovery, mandated vaccines and passports. And now I think that the 2021 craze just went international with what we're seeing in Afghanistan. And supposedly, in the midst of all this, we rejected Trump because he was mean and Biden, you know, Uncle Joe, because he was, you know, some sort of competent, you know, nice guy. Um, but in a real sense, uh, this ramping up of this, of this kind of insanity, this ramping up is a, a natural pro- progression when you live in a culture that is literally going insane. Insanity does not know how to revert back to normalcy that that's the definition how insanity is insanity how can it get back to normal uh, for sanity for insanity become sanity what we're what we're actually talking about is we're talking about repentance new heart new mind that's how you get back that's how you get out of this insanity um that we're in um I don't think. We thought very clearly about 2021 and 2020, excuse me. I don't think we're thinking very clearly even when we look back to 2020. Uh, and, and I particularly don't think the church has adequately dealt with how we thought about our own actions in 2020 and, and kind of the downstream consequences of, of what just happened in 2020. And my guest, as I mentioned, is Steve Dace. Um, his preferred pronouns are co-author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Fauci and Bargain. That's those are great personal pronouns, Steve. Thanks for coming on the show again.
2: Anytime, Gabe. How are you, man?
1: Oh, I'm good. We're gonna miss you in in Tennessee, but I'm uh, it was good to see you in uh, Rapid City last April. Um, when 2020 ended, I didn't I didn't want people to kind of or people who had their head on straight. I didn't want them to kind of feel relieved. Uh, you know, oh, I'm glad 2020 is over, and and I I think the reason why I didn't want that is because I don't think we like I said in my opening comments I don't think we really kind of thought through handled everything well and even kind of owned how we didn't do very good as you know kind of largely thinking as you know Christians conservatives and people who we expected that should have known better. Um, what what should we have learned from 2020 uh, that uh, that we aren't really acknowledging? It
2: can always get worse.
1: <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's why twenty twenty one is like hold my beer. You know what? Right. Well, um, and why because human
2: nature always human nature always gets worse.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and
2: and that that if that if Jacob Arminius was alive today, he would at least grant Calvin's thesis on total depravity. He'd at least grant him that. They might still argue about the other four petals on the tulip there, but he would at least <laughs> say, "All right, you got me on that." That's... Total depravity thing. I did I hit Google once. Uh, John, you went you beat me. I've I got my Catholic editor, Todd, mm-hmm. looking at me now and quoting, shrugging his shoulders and just saying, total depravity, Steve. Just total depravity. All right. So I mean, that's we don't we don't slouch, far be it for me, proud community college attendee mm-hmm. to argue and debate the inestimable and uh deceased uh Robert A. Bork. But we don't slouch to Gomorrah. right? We sprint, brother. We right. sprint, and and that's what we do, and that's what we have to resist doing when the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. mean, with with you and I as guys, I mean, five minutes before we started this broadcast, mm-hmm. a hot chick could have walked by in yoga pants, and we could have spent thirty seconds completely forgetting. We were reborn creatures. If you know that's what right. I'm saying, okay? That's
1: right. mm-hmm.
2: That that's what that's how difficult this thing called individual autonomy and freedom is when you have the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Right. Let alone corporately in a culture when the restraining hand of God is moved away. And and you know, years ago when I first started doing this full time for a living, 15 years ago now, um, Gabe. And I remember reading Romans one again. Mm-hmm. And and you know I got it. I got into this, made this transition from sports into news talk, and the gay marriage debate was really raging right. heavily in the country at the time. And and I and yeah, a lot of the premise that I operated my sense of urgency by was that, you know, if we do things like this, we will provoke the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. And I read Romans one again, and then I you know what Paul says, and it blew my mind, man. I, I just right no rather this this happening in your culture is the wrath
1: of God. Right. That's right. The
2: restraining hand of God removed. These are mm-hmm. people who delight in creating new ways to do evil and encouraging others to do the same, mm-hmm. given over to their debased minds that this is the wrath of God, that a culture does this. It goes there. That's right. Um, uh, because the restraining hand of God has been removed, and, human, and we've been given over mm-hmm. to our own uh, basic instincts. That's and, right and that and, and and the you know not speaking eschatologically but just culturally the birth pangs are getting quicker mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. Uh, on this landmass now it's getting crazier stuff that we thought was wow that's insane in 2004 and 5 and 6 mm-hmm. just seems beyond quaint now Right, people that we would have argued vehemently against with about on issues like gay marriage, like Dave Rubin, a colleague of mine at The Blaze, right. Andrew Sullivan, perhaps the most respected gay intellectual in the country, mm-hmm. nowadays their Twitter feeds, frankly, That's on right. a lot of subjects, look a lot like stuff like you and I would tweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. because they're like, "What in the Sam Bill, is this? This mm-hmm. is insane." Okay, yeah, and it's because the restraining. The restraining hand, I believe, the restraining hand of God has been removed.
1: That's right. You know, I had uh, I coordinated Andrew Sullivan, had him fly out here and debate Doug at University of Idaho. Um, Man, it must have been, golly, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. And I remember one of the questions Doug asked him in the debate was, uh, you know, because Andrew Sullivan was like, no, this is it. This is all we need is gay marriage. That's it. Mm -hmm. And Doug's, you know, of course, the slippery slope question is, well, why not tranny marriage, polyamory marriage, you know, Polygamy, marriage, and Andrew said, "Oh, that'll never happen." That was that was his response. Was basically like the line for some reason, whatever this artificial line is, it stops right here. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it'd be interesting to have a follow up conversation with Doug and Andrew um, after after that after what's gone on in this last year. Um, with, I don't think the church really even acknowledges what you just said there. I don't think the church really thinks that Romans one is. Uh, that were going insane uh and, you know the the churches um, you look back at all the decisions the church has made this last year now i think there's there's exceptions Kerry Gordon in Iowa um uh you know I think our church handled it well um, I think there were some exceptions there john MacArthur's church figured it out and did a really good job down the road um, but in general, I mean you got Russell Moore just can't i don 't know if you saw this but Russell Moore came out last week he was, or this past week he was interviewed by religionnews.com dot com or something like that, and he said, you know, Christians should be contagious with the gospel, um, not the coronavirus. In other words, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, and and so all like the major big Eva, and again, this is the, the the issue is not you know, do you have a Christian liberty to get vaccine or not? That's that's not ever the debate right now, even though people want to try to turn it into that. The issue is the culture of what's going on, the forced vaccinations, and the way the wind's blowing, and Russell Moore is, like, just playing right into it. Um, where well, because uh, game
2: recognized game, bro. The, the spirit of the age,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, demons quote scripture too, okay? So, I mean, just because Russell Moore worked at the Southern Baptist Convention doesn't mean anything. Right. Name any meaningful culture fight in the last 20 years, that he went to the mattresses on, mm-hmm. yeah, on the app of the gospel. No, nope. no, nope. that's right. Okay, that's and, right. You know, on the on the and. and by the way, I, I believe there's a commandment against bearing false witness. I believe I think that's hasn't been downgraded a suggestion. Yeah, our own CDC admits that the coronavirus, the current COVID vaccines, do not stem the tide any longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, against transmission. Rochelle Wal- Walensky, she admitted this on wow. on CNN over yep. two weeks ago now, Yep. Uh, or it was about two weeks ago now. It was August the 6th when she admitted this. Right. The data in Israel shows it. In fact, in Israel, uh, their own data from their Ministry of Health shows 40% That's of their new infections where, yep. where cases are exploding. 40% of them are, are fully vaccinated individuals. Mm-hmm. Less than 1% are those who previously were known to have had COVID, like myself, and recovered. Or Uh, natural immunity, which they want to completely ignore and pretend does not exist. Um, If you look at New York State, for example, one of the most vaccinated states in the country, since the first of June, cases in that state have gone up six hundred percent in that state. Uh Oregon, right now, another one of the most vaccinated states in the country, hospitalizations have matched their current the peak they had last year. Wow. To Israel, Israel, there's a story in the New York Times today admitting the truth, what I've been telling my audience for weeks that these vaccines no longer push back against cases meaningfully. Uh, And so Israel is reporting now 59% of its hospitalizations, which have grown 31% in the last week, 59% of those hospitalizations in Israel, fully vaccinated individuals. All right. So Russell Moore is just that, that what he's telling you is just not true. Yeah. Now that's not an argument against getting vaccinated. You right. still may be in a high risk group, mm-hmm. and you may say even questionable efficacy. I need all the help I can get. I'm yep. 70. I'm morbidly obese. I'm diabetic. I've got right. autoimmune. Uh, I'm a. Ra- I work around people that are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I care for my grandmother who fits those descriptions. So those are different questions. Yep. Okay, hundred percent. In terms of mandates, and you have some kind of blind duty to get injected with something we've never put into people before the reality is the data just doesn't 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 show that mm-hmm. if you are not vaccinated you are any more likely to spread this virus than the people who are period now that's the, just unfortunately where we are right now
1: the data that you just rattled off from israel to new york to oregon is that due to the variant um, yes okay
2: well that's the explanation
1: right okay right
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think there may be a counter explanation. Um, you know, there are two reasons a virus mutates. The most often—that's another word for variant. The most often reason is because it's—it does it naturally. It's trying to figure out how to endemically survive. Right. Okay, and mm-hmm. so that's why we have old coronaviruses that that mutated into what we now call referred to as colds. Okay, right. mm-hmm. so that's one reason, and that's the common reason in natural immunology and virology. Right. The other reason though, is what is called a leaky vaccine. And in vaccinology, there are two types of vaccines. One is the perfect vaccine. And this is where the va- the vaccination effort blocks antibodies from infecting the host, right. okay? Right. But then there is what's called the leaky vaccine where it will then bind antibodies together so that this will then now create new mutations. And in this scenario, new mutations tend to become worse rather than in the natural scenario when they become better from a human perspective less effective less lethal yeah. yeah yeah right yes
1: right and so are we uh, i still have i mean <laughs> like you i'm i'm super jaded even with these reports of of this vaccine i do think i i am suspicious that the vaccine is causing more of an outbreak because mm-hmm. uh, you know because they're carrying uh, the 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 coronavirus and it's shedding, um, even though they might not have any symptoms. So I'm I, I think that might be a possible explanation, but I'm I'm having a hard time even believing what they're saying about the Delta variant. Uh, I heard you know the Lambda variant coming, starting to come in. I can't trust anything the CDC. Brother, they're
2: going to have until people decide they're not going to obey this anymore. Mm-hmm. I promise you we're going to get to 666 variants of hear me knocking on the door. Okay.
1: hundred percent. Yeah.
2: They're going to keep coming. Now here's, let me give you some data that may reinforce your case. Yesterday we broke our streak, August 18th. We broke our streak here in the United States. We had been under a thousand daily deaths for COVID for 132 consecutive days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and that would place COVID slightly above diabetes Amongst the most, which would be around seventh or eighth right. most likely way to die in a given day right. in America. Right. All right. So, yesterday we had 1,055 deaths to break that streak. On August 18th of 2020, we suffered 1,350 deaths with COVID. Mm. So, fairly similar number. And that is before we had any vaccines. That's before we had any treatments. In fact, it wasn't until October of last year that CDC put out its first treatment guidelines for COVID when Remdesivir and Regeneron, which that's what President Trump was given. That's when they were approved for the public. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And Regeneron sometimes goes by the term monoclonal antibodies, which that's been that has actually been a very effective big pharma treatment. Remdesivir is a scam. Right. Uh, But Regeneron has actually been very effective, and the data on that is good. Okay. But prior to that, for eight months, what we told people last year was if you test positive, go home and isolate for 10 to 14 days. Mm -hmm. If you show no symptoms uh, and then test again in your negative, come back to life. If you begin to show symptoms, continue staying home unless you can't breathe and then go to the ER. That was it. Right. That's all that we offered. Mm Apparently, we were out of leeches. All right. We were out of <laughs> copper bracelets, vitamin C, I mean, 2000, yeah, 2021. And that's all we could offer for a respiratory virus. Like we had never heard of Paris anti-parasitics like hypermectin that just won the, uh, mm-hmm. won the Nobel prize in 2015 or anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So for eight months last year, we had no treatments and yet, and we had no vaccines, Right. at least no treatments that were approved by the process. Right. And yet, our death number really is is not that much different. Three hundred more people died on this date last year right. than on this date this year. Right. Wow. Last year at this time, you had a point oh oh four percent odd of dying of mm-hmm. COVID on two thousand on August eighteenth. This year on August eighteenth, it's point oh oh three. Right. So keep that in mind. All of this is about, uh, you know, what is that? three hundredths of a decimal point Right. or one hundredth of a decimal point. Right. That's what we're arguing yep. about. Mm-hmm. We're mandating all of this for something that doesn't stop the spread and, and, and gave us a one hundredth of, of a, of a percent improvement right. on deaths from where we were a year right. ago. That does that seem like something worthy of imposing a tyranny over? Doesn't yeah. seem like it to me.
1: You know, um, we had pastor Wilson on, um, man, I, I can't remember. He, he, I know we had him on the last four or five months, and he said this, but I think he said it last year too. Um, But within the last four months, he said, you know, the the second crime scene is always worse than the first. Mm -mm. You know, so if you're driving down the road, you're in the van. You know, van pulls up. Excuse me. You're walking down the road. A van pulls up next to you, and they grab you and pull you in the van. Well, if you don't throw down there, it's the the second crime scene is going to be worse than that first one. And I, you know, you mentioned this earlier, but we're, to me, it's like we're eight crime scenes down the road, nine crime scenes down the road. We haven't been throwing down for nine crime scenes, and now here we are. And the government just doesn't give up its authority; it just doesn't give up its emergency orders. Never has, Never has Never right? Um, how do how do we sort through this and and you know try to bring about some sort of reset and in how and in, in what the government has taken from us?
2: I see the you know we have we have two major problems here my friend and and one is we don't even know what metric it is we're trying to conquer okay yeah. if i point out we're doing well on deaths then i get inundated with cases are exploding mm-hmm. if i point out cases are exploding exploding people are like well but, you know it's about deaths and hospitalizations, hospitalizations. we don't yeah. Yeah, we don't know what what is it we're trying but like in world war 2 we understood a win was um you know nazis show up command mm-hmm. uh, that uh, we knew it was a win when the japs bordered the uss missouri and su- signed unconditional surrender that's right what is the win here right. we don't know what it is that's why i said early on last year we need to name this virus afghanistan oh. we don't know what the win is what's the win what it, is it what it, is it zero covid well that's permanent fascism ask australia and new zealand right so what what's the win here number one we can't decide on that and then number two we don't know who would tell us we had the win because right. there is no Walter Cronkite at 6 o'clock or no government institution we all agree or trust on the merits, okay? Yep. But we've never developed anything like that for a coronavirus ever. And then, in the, in you know, in light of that happening, the only other way out is the calculus has to change on the leverage. Mm-hmm. Right now, it is more painful for us than it is for them. That has to change. Right. The amount of pain. Hey, you want to inject all the nurses in this? I guess, I don't know, go find 20,000 new nurses. Good luck. Right. All right. I guess you're going to need 15,000 new teachers, I guess. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Good luck with that. Like the pain of imposing this. That's what a Montgomery bus boycott was. All right, you want to make us ride in the back of the bus? Cool. We're most of your bus riders. We'll just stop riding it. Good luck with that. Right. All right. The the pain has to be more on the imposer than the imposee.
1: That's right. That's exactly we right. Have
2: to show up, not just in force at the school board meeting, which is great, but then when the school board votes anyway to muzzle your kids, which they almost always will, all the people that showed up there to rally, the next day send their kids to school without any masks. Go ahead, and I guess you can expel 500 kids. Go ahead. I'd wow. like to see you try doing it. Yep. So well, we have to do stuff like that. We better get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. All right? Because right, right now, one side just loves the spirit of the age, is all about that confrontation, and we're all about that passive-aggressive. Mm-hmm. So unless unless there's a new Jonas Salk out there waiting in the wings that's going to save us from this with a medical marvel, right? then we're going to have to actually walk through that fire ourselves and say, go ahead, do your worst. And I think those are the only two ways out of this.
1: Right. I um, uh, come to the conclusion this last year that politicians aren't principled. We, we don't really have a... Principled. <laughs> now, every once in a while, we might run and find a rare where, where nugget that is actually genuinely principled. I haven't found one in a in a long time, and so I think politicians tend to function off relationships and pressure. Yes, and and that's how they make decisions. Um, co- yep. Big corporate interests, whatever. Uh, you know, I had a a friend in uh, Washington. Well, you know, you know, c- incompetent Inslee is just going crazy over there, and he's mandating christian schools teachers to have vaccines he's gonna uh, he's got to get a lawsuit a class action lawsuit there but but like firefighters police everybody he's just saying all all government employees need to get vaccinated and i just said i told i told my, my buddy who's a fire firefighter i was like man firefighters are a pretty loyal group you should get them all together and go up to the you know governor's mansion and do a do a sleepover on the lawn just like what a Sheila Jackson just did.
2: My my understanding was public sector employees had a union.
1: Hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah. Not, why not use it.
2: Yeah. I thought, what what else is it there for them? Why are you paying them do, any dues? Yep.
1: What what are we? Uh, we got three more years of Biden, man. No, you don't. You don't think so? No. no. You, you think you think you think he's gonna get the twenty fifth on him?
2: I think I think he you're watching and I've, I've thought this long before we even got to this juncture. Yeah. Um, I, I, you're, you're just watching a dementia patient in real time and you can see all the patterns. It's why he rarely appears in public on consecutive days. Right. It's why, it's why he seems so much more assertive when he's inside the white house than when he's at a live event mm-hmm. where he's in a, in, in a, in a, you know, an organic setting all day long and something he's not familiar with. Um, the, go watch video of Joe Biden communicating in 2012 and 2016 compared to now. Mm. I mean, all the obvious signs for any of us that have ever dealt with a loved one with dementia—they are all there.
1: Wow. So then we got three more years of Kamala Harris.
2: You may, you have a few more years of the cackling, I believe. Yes.
1: <laughs> I I can't imagine um, it. I mean, it getting—it's not going to get any better these next three years. What what plays should we be running? as you know, Christians, as conservatives, to to handle these next three years.
2: Uh we've got to walk and chew gum here, Gabe. Uh on a meta level, on a spiritual level, it's revival or bust.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And that means we need to we need reformation yep. from a worship standpoint and that we worship God in the way He is worthy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not as not the way that we are willing. Right. Um, in the way that he is worthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to take discipleship, at least as as serious as evangelism, if not more so, because that's the call is actually not to evangelize the nations, it is to disciple them. That's right. Uh, And then on a civic level, we have to make red states and red communities within states red again.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And they all have to be as red as California is blue.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: so that in my community, you would not even think of bringing that crap here. Mm-hmm. You would not even oh. contemplate it because you would find out if we still believed in tarring and feathering here. Right. Um, in my state, you won't even consider bringing that crap in, in your state of Idaho right now. When people see a Democrat, they call nine one one. OK, <laughs> what do you have, like four Democrats in your entire legislature or something like that?
1: Yeah, not very much. We got two counties in Idaho that are pretty much kind of blue. That's it.
2: But your Republicans there, frankly. Well, I believe the theological term is suck.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100%. That's a major
2: problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. Um, and, and so in a state like Idaho, West Virginia, where the, where, where the spirit of the age has not won a precinct in a presidential election in West Virginia since two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. that state that we ought to be people like us ought to be going to West Virginia right now and saying, "Hey, dude, you guys are moving way too far to the right now." Right. But the opposite is happening in these places. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So red on a civic level, red states and red and red communities and red cities need to be as red as the blue areas and states are blue so that there are safe spaces, pardon the pun, and places where, where, the Puritans can live amongst the Dutch here. That's right. Uh, our way of life. Right. Those are the only two solutions I see moving forward. Right. I, I've got, uh, you know, good friends of mine talking about things like national, di- national divorce. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'd love that idea. Yeah. Just show me where there has been a peaceable national right. divorce ever. Yeah. Okay.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, that There just hasn't been. I, I don't see that happening. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't see that happening as anything other than a precursor precursor to another civil war. Right. So to me, I I think we've got two options that we have to work these angles simultaneously. Right. Spiritually, it's revival, mm-hmm. and then in the natural, it is we've got to make red areas and states and communities as red as the blue areas are blue.
1: Yep. That's right. That's right. I've been meaning to want to ask you this for a while. Um. Uh. But how does what's your eschatological views? Post-mill, pre-mill, <laughs> everything's going to pan out. What's going on?
2: Uh, um, my official eschatological position is confused. Okay. Uh, I will say that, um, you know what, I'll be brutally honest. Yeah. I have, my, my career in politics has made me hesitant to adopt either of the three predominant views right. because I've seen too much of how people behave politically in the arena in light of that. I'll mm-hmm. give you an example of each for the premillennial view. I mean, I, I, have, I've seen it just drive people nuts, yeah.
0: insane,
2: mm-hmm. um, conspiratorial, mm-hmm. um, to the point where I'm thinking, I, we like want Jesus to come back. Right. Yep. Like that, yeah. Amen. Like, we want that. Yeah. I, I mean, we're like now we're afraid that we're going to be that the rapture could be tomorrow and the the pact could be cut to rebuild the the temple. I mean, don't I would think we'd be like everybody. I, I don't know that we'd be sending money, um, you know, uh, to or, or demanding just you know to stop Iran from attacking Israel. I would think we'd be tempted to do the opposite, which right. is shh, we're about mm-hmm. to get up out of here. You right. Know? Yep. I mean, I've never understood that. I've uh, never understood trying to drive a car with the gas and brake on at the same time. You know, let, let's go win a culture war, but we live in the Laodicean era, so we're, we know we're going to lose, but yeah. fight like hell anyway. I I, yep. I just don't understand that.
1: That's all mill um, for, for those who are following us here. <laughs> uh,
2: the, yeah, the, the all mill view I, I, I struggle with because I've seen too many politicians act as if, well, I, when, when I'm in office, I'm in the city of man, so I can mm-hmm. behave like them here. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. That whole two kingdoms two kingdom, ideal. Uh-huh. Yeah so i've I've really struggled with that mm-hmm. um, like i I'm pretty confident that Augustine thought we should live distinctively. That was the whole point of that exercise. Right. not right. when in Rome, do as the Romans, but right. okay, maybe I read the I, I maybe that was ripped out of my copy of City of God yeah and then on the post mill view, I have really struggled with the idea that the people who think the church prevails in history can never find anybody who's ever good enough to support. So I just put a yeah. John Calvin avatar on my Facebook page, and everybody sucks, and everybody's terrible, and yeah. uh, I, you know, this guy's got a mortgage that uh, he borrowed too much money, and so he shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I literally have seen that. Yeah. I've literally seen that yeah. level of, so the church prevails in history, but like no one is good enough to support. Right. Like I, I would kind of think you'd be more tempted to sell out, actually. Like, yep. You'd be like, well, the church prevails in history, so we can use any scoundrel we want. Right. We can do anything that we want. So one side thinks that we lose in history, but they seem to be the most committed to fighting a culture war. They don't think they have any shot of ever winning.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Another
2: side is convinced that we just all exist here, uh, you know, uh, until Jesus returns to, you know, the parable of the weeds to separate the two. Right. And then, But in the meantime though, I don't know when Jesus could come back, but in the meantime, while in office, I get to behave as if I am a weed and it's totally cool. Cause I got to right. get reelected. Right. And then another group thinks the church prevails in history, but then like no one's ever good enough to actually go to war with. So let's just huddle out here and mm-hmm. throw a John Calvin avatar up on my Facebook page and call it good. Right. All right. Right. And, and so <laughs> the, my, I've had too much exposure to too many yeah. people with all three of these theories. Right now. I, I know that that's a cop out for me on an intellectual level. Yeah. So intellectually, I have some some serious issues with the pre-mill view. Yeah. But one, I I do think there have a, there is a compelling case for the rise of a future man of lawlessness mm-hmm. that I think with some form of not completely um, um, primitive or um, specific preterism mm-hmm. i could explain a lot of a you know i could i could make a lot of historical cases for a lot of things that premill thinks premills think are still to occur in the future okay right, right. but i think you i think you get you, you get the stumbling block is the idea of the rise of a man of lawlessness the rise of an antichrist paul makes it very clear to the church to the church the, the church members uh in thessalonica that Mm -hmm. thought they were left behind, Mm -hmm. that that had not occurred because this man in the future had not yet arisen. Mm -hmm. Now, did that happen later? A lot of this also comes down to the argument of when do you think Revelation was written? You know, for hundreds of years, the church thought Revelation was written in 60-something A.D. Mm -hmm. It's been more recently that we thought it was 91 A.D. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a lot of these, frankly, are are viewpoints that are probably beyond my grasp as a layman, to be frank.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's been helpful with me in this whole conversation – uh, Post mill, pre mill, all mill is is you know kind of throw away that terminology for a little bit and and just can we all agree that Jesus is King over heaven and earth? Agreed. Yeah. Right. You all know. authority
2: in His great commission. All authority. Yep. Because see, even if I'm pre mill, even if I'm pre mill, the enemy does not get his time on earth at the end unless the sovereignty of God grants it. Right. That's right. To bring to bring His plan of salvation. Ultimate salvation and judgment Mm -hmm. and redemption and restoration forward, right? Yeah. See, this is the argument I always make too with people who are very hyper on free will and choosing their salvation. Mm -hmm. Did you choose for Jesus to die for you? Mm -hmm. Did you choose when Jesus set foot on earth? Mm -hmm. Did you choose when Jesus was born in a stable? No. Mm -hmm. So, who made that? Who took that initiative for all of those events to happen? Mm -hmm. God. Mm-hmm. So we then we all agree in the sovereignty of God, yep. so we're not arguing about the limits of the sovereignty of God then
1: that's right what
2: we're arguing is what we 're arguing is therefore under those under that under that banner, what is the extent then of the free will of man? See yep. we switch it around, we argue the sovereignty of God under the banner of our free will. Right. Flip the premise, God always initiates. We can argue and debate, and people of great conscience have had, does God, does God have double predestination, single, is there none? Lots of great theologians have debated this, but I don't right. know how anybody cannot begin from the premise that God must initiate in every aspect of a relationship on some level with human beings because right. we cannot initiate with him. Right. The Bible and the history of, the, of, of God's people makes that pretty clear. Moses right. didn't walk up to a burnt bush and say, please burn. I want to speak to God. <laughs> right. That's not what happened. Okay. Right. God always initiates.
1: Right. That's right. And so I think the other element that kind of helps me in this conversation is you, you look at when, you know, Jesus uh, ascended into heaven, uh, you know, the, the life of the apostles, there's, you know, when Jesus ascended to heaven, there's what, you know, 500 Christians, uh, on this, on this earth, at least that the, the Bible references, um, uh, you know, by the time Paul died, you know, what were there, you know, 20,000, 30,000, how many Christians were there by the time, you know, Paul was taken? Uh, if, if you kind of look from what happened in the first century to where we're at now, obviously there's a, there's a bunch of troughs and dips and increases of, of, of success and not, not so successful times with the church in history, but you see there's far more Christians. The world is becoming Christianized. Over that time period, and so you are seeing the gospel being victorious throughout this earth. Now there's supposedly about you know two billion Christians here on earth, as opposed to when Jesus ascended, there was five hundred. Um, so I, I do see that the church is being victorious, the gospel is winning. Uh, and, you know, if Paul came back today, I said this before on the show, if Paul came back today and walked around right now, and you know uh, saw churches almost on every corner uh, uh, here in Idaho. Um, you know, of course some of them are apostate, but. He would be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm post mill now." <laughs> you know, I I'll think- say this too:
2: if you love America, uh, you know, my wife, I convinced her to do this for one of her um, her for her first master's degree mm-hmm. at Luther Rice Seminary several years ago. She had to take a course in eschatology to yeah. finish out her first master's yeah. for her Christian therapy degree. Yeah, and the the prof was a rabid. Pre-mill, she'd have me listen to the lectures, and he would say stuff like, I have the same eschatology that Jesus had, stuff like that. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, You know what? You, I'm going to help you with the outline. I mean, you're going to write your own paper, but I'll help you with the outline. You're going to write a paper that says that because there are, everybody else in the class is going to cater to him and his view. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to go the other way. You're going to say, without post-millennial thinking and theonomical tradition, there would never have been a United States of America because those were the driving impulses of the, Purit- of, of, of the right. Puritan thoughts when they that's arrived right. on Plymouth Rock. Mm-hmm. So we can all sit here and debate whether we think that's still the most theologically correct position or not. Right. But you cannot argue that without those two presuppositions, there would never have been a United States of
1: America. Right. Right. Yeah, they're coming off you know a century earlier of the Westminster Confession and mm-hmm. the 1960 1969- 1689 London Baptist Confession. I mean, they had. They had deep roots of theology just embedded in their in their souls when they when they came over. Well, hey Steve, thanks for coming on man. Really appreciate having you on. Uh, everybody for the Sunday special coming up, we have uh, CEO, former CEO or CEO. Andrew Crapy talking about redballoon.work redballoon.org really excited about some of the work that they're doing over at red balloon it's basically just a free speech hiring business platform Uh, really excited about that show so tune in sunday night 7 p.m uh look forward to seeing you guys next week on the water break until next time go love god and go fight laugh and feast
0: give you this picture
1: because i don't think we think enough of sex
0: one of the things we have to do is we have to think like Christians and we have to think like Christians in every area. You can't simply have a piecemeal approach to this. We have to have a biblical worldview across the board. Across the board.
1: The sexual union between a man and his wife is a living, breathing thing. Awe inspiring expression of the ecstasy of the union that the church owns. People are the most valuable resource in the universe.